Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. In the Gospel of Matthew, the Lord Jesus quoted from Isaiah regarding the hypocritical worship that confronted him at every turn. He said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart stays far away from me. It seems that the same could be spoken regarding today's situation. And if we're honest, we have to admit that it even describes our own situation from time to time. How does God lead his people out of religious falseness into genuine experience and worship? Stay with us for today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Today's broadcast again brings us to the Old Testament prophet Isaiah and a very penetrating view of the condition of God's people in Isaiah's time and how that condition is still a factor among believers today. Francis Ball is here with us once again. And Francis, we have another view of our situation in the New Testament as seen through the eyes of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Yes, this should be very interesting, Chris. I'm looking forward to this broadcast. Today we come to chapters 28 and 29 in Isaiah, and these chapters show us God's dealing with two factors that have plagued his people for nearly all time, drunkenness and hypocrisy. Chapter 28 shows us that the northern kingdom, which was called Israel, was caught up in drunkenness. And chapter 29 shows that the southern kingdom of Judah, or Jerusalem, was full of hypocrisy and blindness. We'll come to God's dealing with these two evils in a few minutes, but before we go to that, review the situation that existed among God's people in Isaiah's time and how there came to be these two kingdoms of Israel and Judah. Chris, these two uh, kingdoms actually should have been one kingdom. There should never have been this kind of division among God's people. God's intention in the way he created man, the way he chose Abraham, the way he uh, set aside a people for his own name and for his testimony in the Old Testament, should have always been one. The big problem that comes in and came in, in the case of Israel, was that they got divided. They got into the good land, and they came in as a people, and came under one kingship. But only for a time they would not receive God as their king and their ruling one, so they ended up with division two kingdoms known then as the north and the south, and there were kings over each of the tribes. This was definitely a division, and this is a real insult to God's eternal purpose, that he would have one people that would express him, that would uh, rule for him, and that would be his people uniquely. So it's quite interesting what we see here in Isaiah's time of the degradation that had come in among God's people 
this message may really be an eye-opener to our own situation today. Well, of course, the subject of this message is not per se that of division, but it's uh, it's implied in the situation that existed, and it's also interesting that each of these two kingdoms ends up absorbed in a condition different one from another, but both of which are problems even for God's people today, isn't it? That's true. Francis, I mentioned that we're in chapters 28 and 29 today. The Lord Jesus quoted from Isaiah 29 in Matthew 15, talking about this matter of hypocrisy in his people and their so-called worship. Uh, this is Matthew 15:7 through 9. Hypocrites. Well, Isaiah has prophesied concerning you, saying, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart stays far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as teachings the commandments of men. It's quite something, Francis. Our teachings may be his commandments, and our words may be quite spiritual, but that's not what God is after in his people. Yes, I certainly agree with this. This is not his goal, just to give us some teachings. Let's join Witness Lee, Francis. This message deals with the North Kingdom and the South Kingdom. The North Kingdom was Israel, the Kingdom of Israel. And the South Kingdom was the Kingdom of Judah. The North Kingdom of Israel was quite often represented by Ephraim. And the South Kingdom is always mentioned as Jerusalem, the South Kingdom of Judah. So here you have Jehovah's punishment over Ephraim's junkers. Ephraim's junkers, that is the junkers of the North Kingdom, issuing in Jehovah's restoration and ushering in the trustworthy Christ. His judgment on the hypocrisy of Jerusalem's worshippers issuing in the restoration. Matthew 15 is not only a fulfillment of uh, Isaiah 29, but also a real dealing, dealing with hypocritical worship. And that did not only exist at Isaiah's time, but it would not erase Christ's time. When Christ came, he came, number one, with the reality, number two, with grace. He came with reality, with wisdom, because in the Gospel of John, reality is very much touched. That was brought in through Christ's coming. He brought to us, through his incarnation, the very reality of this universe. And you have to realize, this reality is just the triune God, divine trinity embodied in a person. And this person is Jesus Christ. In this universe, if you take away the divine trinity, nothing is here. The entire thing will become zero. What is real? What is true? In the whole universe, that is the divine trinity. And this divine trinity has been embodied in a man. Yet, he is not just a man. 
is a man came with God. So he is Emmanuel. Now, with this manual, you have the universal reality. Not only so. Since you have the universal reality, aha, uh-huh, your eyes are open and your understanding is also open. Your perceiving ability is open. Then you become very understanding and you become very wise. So you do have the wisdom. And this wisdom is what? It's not college education, school instruction. This wisdom is just the embodied reality in our realization. When we realize the embodied divine trinity in Christ, I tell you, this brings you wisdom. Now you have reality plus wisdom. If you understand these few sentences, you read Isaiah 29, then you go on from there to Matthew 15. You could see these two chapters just deal with hypocrisy. Hypocrisy means what? Means zero. And deals with also blindness. What's blindness? That is uh, something versus wisdom. Francis Witness Lee was preparing us for the balance of this message in his opening word by pointing out that the hypocrisy and blindness in the worship of his people is a contrast to reality and wisdom that are in Christ. John 1.17, and he quoted it, says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and reality came through Jesus Christ. Comment on his assertion, Francis, that apart from the divine trinity, there is no reality in the universe. Uh, That was a very strong input from Brother Lee, and I think we have to uh, agree with him 100% that without God being triune, without the divine trinity being realized and experienced, there's no reality. We realize now that to worship God according to his decrees, according to his commandments, but according to our own understanding, never produces what he really wants, because God wants to put himself into man, not just to give man commandments that he tries to keep and tries to please God by doing the right thing according to his understanding. God wants to put himself into man, and that's the reason God is triune. He is triune to make himself real to us. To just have commandments from God makes God very objective, far away from us. But to have him as the life-giving spirit makes him in us, producing what he is in the very element of what Christ is and the very uh, source of what God the Father is and the very reality of what the Spirit is. This is to know him in reality. And without this triune God in all of his aspects, though he's one God, yet in his trinity he has made himself the reality in our lives, in our Christian life. So uh, the, the thing that's being covered here by Isaiah is a degradation because there's no reality, just hypocrisy, just wandering away from God, having a desire to keep the commandments, but having no life with which the commandments can be kept. 
this aspect of what Brother Lee has brought out here, saying that there's no reality apart from God being Trinity, it means that God is the reality. Jesus Christ himself said, I am the way, the reality, and the life. The word truth, as it's given in uh, most translations of the Bible, really means reality. So there's no reality without him. Grace and reality came by Jesus Christ. And as Brother Lee said in this message, he's not talking about grace. He's talking about reality. And without the triune God, we're without reality. Brother Francis, religious hypocrisy and worship in a lack of reality, I think is something that all of us know what it tastes like, what it feels like, and even what it's like when we ourselves are that way. And it is not a pleasant, enjoyable thing, and it's very distasteful to us, but it's also equally, probably more distasteful to God, isn't it? Well, I'm sure it's more distasteful to God, but I do agree that there is something within every Christian heart and spirit that gives you a taste that you cannot be satisfied with anything less than that. And you have to realize that it's because God is too objective to us. To be real to us, he must be the Spirit. And now he's inside of us to be our life and everything. In this coming session, we're going to hear Witness Lee go back to a New Testament example to drive this point home very clearly. A passage in the Gospel of John that I think is familiar to most believers. Uh, We're going to see something about the woman at the well. Once again, let's join Witness Lee. You know, in John chapter 4, when the Lord had the intention to uh, give the living water to that uh, woman from Samaria, if you want the living water, go to call your husband to come. That touched her sins. Then that woman was uh, really naughty. She changed the subject from husband to worship of God. She said, well... All fathers told us to worship here, but you Jews say to worship there, in among them. Then the Lord Jesus says, well, to worship God in reality and in spirit. Do you believe that woman was a real, genuine worshiper? Was she not a hypocritical worshiper? Surely she was. So the Lord adjusted her to receive him as the reality of her worship. Now, in ancient time, in Jerusalem, you have the North Kingdom full of drunkards. Then how about the South? Oh, the South is wonderful. The Southern Kingdom is full of worshipers. They have faced all these contents, but they were hypocritical. This is idea of salt. Yeah. Yeah. In ours, what is there? Drinking. In the south, what is there? False worship. So, when the Lord Jesus came, they still were like that. Then the Lord Jesus quoted, quoted what Isaiah prophesied to indicate that all Israel they were worshiping God in a false hope. Now here, Isaiah's word is to Jezebel. Francis, a lot of examples and passages from the New Testament today to confirm this word. 
Here, as we mentioned, the example of the woman at the well in John 4 is very meaningful. What do we see in her, Francis, that represents generally the kind of hypocrisy in worship that offends God? Well, Brother Lee made this point quite striking of how, uh, I think he said the word smart, how smart this woman was, because his question to her had to do with her sin, and she was very clever in changing the subject. Well, this is not a new thing. Nearly every time when you try to witness of Jesus Christ and of righteousness and of judgment to come, even like Paul did in the book of Acts with a king, you find this kind of reaction. They like to change the subject. And I think in a measure we're all like this. When God begins to touch the falsity in us, begins to touch any kind of hypocrisy, any kind of uh, religious pretense, certainly... uh We like to change the subject. But this woman, she changed the subject from her exposed sinfulness to her concept about the place to worship. My, how many times this comes up. You try to talk to some people regarding the truth of God's Word, and they want to know, where do you go to church? We go here, and you go there. This is our slick way, our smart way of changing the subject. So we're not different from this woman. The only thing is, we may not have the same sin. She had five husbands, and even the one she had then was not her husband. This is a low situation. But still, she begins very willingly and very forcefully to talk about religion, about where to worship. This is a common problem today when you try to touch people's real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ almost spontaneously. They turn the matter to a place instead of the object, to a a building instead of to Christ himself. Francis, we've all, I think, experienced what you've described here. And and I think, haven't you had the thought from time to time, wouldn't it be wonderful if you met a brother in Christ whom you were not before acquainted with, and you entered into fellowship, and the topic never came up? Where do you meet? What church do you go to? Wouldn't that be refreshing? That would really be refreshing, and this is really what God wants. He wants this kind of oneness. And to go back to our beginning in this program, we talked about the division in Israel between Judah and Israel. This is not uncommon. It's a kind of a division that exists among Christians today, so much so that it's very difficult for us to stay on the subject of the one Word of God, the one body of Christ, the one Christ Himself, so that we could really express God in our fellowship with one another. Yeah, the question I think we were talking about is what offends God. I think this is just it. When any of these secondary matters, and those particularly related to what has happened to divide us one from another, really replaces him as the object of our fellowship. This is definitely an offense to him, isn't it? Yes, we don't like to engage in that kind of offense, but I do find many times this comes up, if not in word, at least it comes up in my thought. Well, Francis, we want to go back to Witness Lee for our final section today. Uh, We're going to see two conditions uh, in the two kingdoms that very much are still with us today. Here, once again, is Witness Lee. A lot of points of Isaiah's wise writing. You know, humankind's real situation today is of two aspects. The real situation of the entire world is this. Number one, they're drunkards. Number two, they're false. 
whether you are in America, whether you are in Japan, whether you are in Paris, if you are clean and you are clear, you could see and you could understand, you could realize everywhere on this earth today are two things. Everybody is joke and also false. So the North Kingdom signifies drinking and the South Kingdom signifies falsehood. If we are not watchful, if we would not pray with a, a kind of watchful spirit, even church life, you could see these two aspects. People, even the church life, are drunkards on the one hand, then on the other hand, false, not genuine. Even these two things are with God's chosen people. Full of drunkards, drunk of what? Drunk of today's style, modern fashion, drunk of a lot of things. You don't love the Lord, but you love something other than the Lord. You are a drunkard. Then you are not genuine, you are not true, you are not real. Even sometimes you pray, you pray in a hypocritical way. Even sometimes you share, you share in a hypocritical way. You sharing is not genuine. This is the main situation of mankind after man's fall. Now, this situation has invaded God's elect. Even among God's elect, these two things are here. So God must come in to exercise his judgment over these tunkers and over these hypocrites. Francis, it seems that these two negative conditions, the drunkenness and hypocrisy, that characterize both divisions of God's people in Isaiah, are still the main snares for people today. Of course, the drunkenness is not just literal, but represents people's indulgence in the liquor of this age. How can we Christians escape these two situations? Well, at this word, I just have to say, wow, Brother Lee really touched something that I never expected. Uh, when they talk about drunkenness, I claim innocence. When they talk about hypocrisy, I, I don't say anything. The way he applies this, and for us to see that we're really in this kind of situation, the drunkenness is not a matter of the liquor that you drink. It's a matter of the distractions from Christ, the distractions from reality and from God himself, where we just are reeling, waving, and not able to keep our balance because we are just occupied with so many things that could be terminated or could be termed as drunkenness. We're drunk with the fashions of this age, as he mentioned. We're drunk with the entertainment of this age, with so many things that draw us away from worshiping God. And our hypocrisy is really a, a shame to us. So we do need a way to escape. First of all, we have to be willing to take God's judgment on our situation and not try to change the subject or justify ourselves, but to take his word as fact and come under the shining of his light and then turn our heart to him. Our problem is that our heart was turned away while we were speaking the right things, but we were staying far away from God in reality. 
So for us to come back and to escape these two things of being distracted away and being drugged and also of being hypocritical, we need a fresh start every day coming to the Lord Jesus in a fresh way, saying, Lord, without you I have nothing. I am not coherent. I am not sober. I am not honest and truthful. I need you, Lord. You're the only one that is stable, sober, and genuine. So I just take you again this morning, Lord, as mine. Every day we need to meet in this way, saying, Lord Jesus, I love you. I want to be real as you are real. I want to be sober as you are sober. I want to follow you according to your word and not according to my varied opinions. Francis, I really enjoyed our time together today on this broadcast. Uh, I'd like to go back and just close with uh, a comment related to what we touched in the middle portion today in John 4. The Lord's answer finally to the woman was, the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in reality. This is not only what we're seeking, this is what God is seeking also. That's very true, and uh, we don't want to get occupied with the place, but with the person and with our spirit. We must worship God in our spirit. It's not here or there. It's in our spirit. Thank you, Francis, for being with us. Come and join us again very soon. I'd like to do that. That concludes our life study today from the book of Isaiah. This message actually is life study number 16 in the life study of Isaiah, volume number 1. And we talk about these uh, volumes each day. There are three total that comprise the whole life study of Isaiah. We would recommend the set, or if you'd like to get just one of them, this message again, as I mentioned, is included in volume 1, the first 16 messages from Isaiah. That concludes our program today. We appreciate your being with us. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde and we will be back tomorrow. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study, unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety or download more audio programs like this one, all free of charge. Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.